Of course, the famous line of the classic baseball movie Field of Dreams is, if you build it, they will come. For today's episode, I should say, if they build it, they will appear. As a soccer fan who hopes to see the rise of that sport in Canada, I for one am very hopeful for the success of the Canadian Premier League, that being Canada's first division of soccer. Today's guest is a passionate soccer fan who has a lot of love for his local club, that being York 9 of the CPL. Not only did our guest develop a detailed business report of the team's first season, but spearheaded a supporter group focusing on the very school he goes to and where the club plays. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is What's Up, the Sports Podcast. Well, sign me up if I have the chance to talk about the evolution of sports in this country, especially when that sport is the most popular game in the world. Uh, soccer has come a long way in as little as 15 years ago with Major League Soccer started in Can- starting in Canada. And the continuing success of the women's national team and recently the start of First Division Soccer in this country. The Canadian Premier League was founded in 2017 and started the year after. Seven teams debuted in that inaugural season, and of course the nation's capital of Ottawa debuted one year later. One club is York 9 FC, very fitting, out of the campus of York University, which is just north of downtown Toronto. Uh, Startup leagues and a number of franchises have not had the greatest of successes over the years, Uh, But all things considered, the consensus of the Canadian Premier League is that it has taken off with some positive reviews. Uh, Specific to York 9, a group of students uh, from one of Canada's top business schools did a report of the Nine Stripes first season. Zach Diaz is a second-year international business admin student at the Schulich School of Business at York University and joins me now. Zach, thank you so much for your time. How are you? I'm good, Randy. Thanks so much for having me. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, uh, talk about a number of uh, factors of this report that you and your classmates did. Uh, first, you know, I'd be remiss if uh, we didn't talk about uh, school and uh, how everything is going for you personally. Of course, this is a very challenging time uh, right now. Uh, how has your second year been as uh, schools uh, throughout the world are dealing with uh, coronavirus? It's definitely a lot different. Uh, I mean, everyone's learning as they go, even the professors. So uh, we're just kind of, I mean, dealing with what we what we have right now. So uh, it's definitely interesting to see even if I'll be, I don't know when I'll be back in person, honestly, because I know at least for the rest of this year, I'll probably be online. So maybe even, I, don't, I have no idea if I realistically I'll ever even be back in person in my four years, which is kind of interesting. 
Yeah, it's a very challenging time, and I hope you and uh, uh, your family are coping well. And uh, in terms of school, of course, I hope you do have uh, a great, uh, great uh, post-secondary career at uh, at Schulich. So, uh, so basically, to give the listeners some context, uh, I uh, came across this report uh, by following. Uh, the uh, Canadian Premier League's uh, various uh, channels there on uh, Facebook and uh, learned of this report that Zach and a couple of his classmates have done. I'd really love to learn uh, how this report uh, came to be and how your professor uh, introduced this assignment uh, to your class. Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. So uh, this report was done for my first year marketing class. It was assigned to me back in January of this year. Um, it was like on our very first day of classes, they kind of just pitched the assignment. So uh, basically the objective of the assignment was to uh, do kind of like a marketing analysis, like a market analysis, uh, come up with like some strategies to improve overall marketing, like culture of a company. Um, and then he gave us a list of like sample companies. So it was obviously like the the obvious ones in the business world, like you got Apple, you got Google, uh, like, you know, obvious ones, Tesla. Uh, but he he really stressed the idea that he wanted uh, us as students to kind of think outside the box and go for a company that, that hadn't really been done before. Uh, so, like, there was the possibility that our work could actually help in the real world. So, um, he, as he was, like, describing the assignment more and more, uh, the tech boxes just kept kind of going. The lights went off inside my head that it was a really good idea to 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 like structure the report around York Nine FC uh, because I'd been involved in the team and a lot of my friends who were in my group were soccer fans. So I kind of just pitched the idea to them, and then they were all on board. Pitched it to my professor, uh, and then he was like, "Oh, it's a great idea. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with." And he was really cool about it. And then we kind of just went from there. So now, uh, as you mentioned, you have a uh, close relationship uh, with the club, and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, as you were looking to build this report and uh, looking to focus uh, on uh, certain aspects, uh, what exactly uh, were you looking to uh, uh, report and develop? And was uh, there anything that was of surprise to you uh, as you came up with your findings? Uh, Yeah, so... Obviously, it was difficult for us to come up with the report because something like this had, hadn't ever really been done for York 9, obviously, since they just started like a few months prior. Uh, even with the Canadian Premier League, nobody had really done this conclusive market research on any of the markets, uh, for that matter. So we kind of had to start off just kind of figuring it out as we went. Uh, our main objective was just trying, trying to kind of see, like, obviously, a few major factors. It was like uh, brand awareness. Um, the way the brand was being perceived within the community, uh, not only with students at our school and like in our classes, also with uh, people in York Region and all of the GTA. So like, basically what we did was we surveyed York 9 fans, we surveyed our friends at school, we surveyed just random York University students, and we also surveyed Toronto FC fans, uh, and also just put it on a few other subreddits, uh, just some surveys, just trying to get, understand the better perception of York 9. And then from there, we took that data and tried to come up with a better idea of what the real problems were behind the brand and see what could be done better and see what went wrong in the first year. Uh, And that's kind of what we were going for. 
So uh, now, uh, in terms of uh, what you came to learn and so on, did anything jump out at the page uh, more so with you? Uh, did you feel that uh, uh, certain things that you had uh, a sense of was not really the case? Uh, yeah, so one of the main things that, I, that definitely stood out to me uh, was the brand awareness. Uh, I I was under the assumption, like based on your time, like, I had always had a bias because I knew what York Nine was. I'm a big soccer fan, and I've kind of just watched the Canadian Premier League grow from day one. I was under the assumption that the majority of people would have no idea what York Nine is. Uh, even students at York University, people in the GTA, even PFC fans, like just casual PFC fans, I thought there would be much less like knowledge and awareness of what York Nine is as a team. And I thought that was going to be the main problem, which is getting the name out there. But from our findings, we determined that. Over 90% of everyone that we surveyed had heard of York Nine in some capacity and was able to identify that they were a soccer team that played at York University. Uh, and then, like, they, they knew about York Nine. They just had never been to a game and they didn't want to know more than just what was on the surface. So that was pretty interesting to know that York Nine's, like, already was kind of like a talking point in the community of the. Yeah, and uh, no, I, I guess that is a great starting point. And, uh, you know, it's uh, really, uh, really interesting. Uh, you know, if you uh, compare, uh, now I don't know how passionate you are with other sports, when you uh, compare a sport like hockey, uh, you know, the uh, the consensus is, is that uh, t a city like Toronto is the center of the hockey universe. But when you get outside of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, what is the passion for uh, the uh, Toronto Marlies? What is the passion for uh, the Oshawa Generals, which is down the street, as well as the Mississauga uh, Steelheads? Uh, you know, growing up in Brampton, as I did, uh, there was an OHL team in uh, uh, Brampton, uh, but then they moved. Uh, and uh, fan support has uh, really... Uh, it doesn't even compare uh, to uh, to the Leafs. So uh, you uh, a t you were a TFC uh, season seat holder since 2011, and then you became a York Nine uh, seat holder. And you were really intrigued uh, now going by your report, which I got to say, uh, it is uh, very uh, opinionated and it is very direct uh, in terms of uh, recommendations uh, towards uh, the operation of York Nine. Uh, you felt that uh, being a York 9 season seed holder as well as a student at York really went hand in hand. Uh, uh, describe uh, your uh, your thinking uh, in terms of becoming a season seed holder as a, while you're a student at York. Uh, yeah, obviously it's a really easy choice for me when I heard about York 9. Uh, obviously, the, the York 9 was founded, the idea of York 9 was founded when I was still like 10th, 11th grade. It was well before I even started thinking about where I wanted to go to university. But uh, as like I started to delve more into like university applications, and I was trying to narrow down my choices in terms of the programs I wanted to be in, um, and I ended up really loving the program at Schulich. Uh, I remember that York Nine was on campus. I'm like, it was definitely a, a factor in terms of my decision making that I was going to be able to have like a, a like a professional soccer team play five minutes away from my classes and right next to my residence and stuff like that. So uh, it was definitely, for me, it was an easy choice. But I think for other students, it goes hand in hand just because it, it's a good social outing. Obviously, at York University, there's not that much to do. York University is known for not being like the most social place. So uh, York Nine is a good place for people to kind of just congregate. It's, it's just nice to be outdoors. 
even if you're not a soccer fan, it's a it's a nice like local atmosphere, and it's just a fun place to be. Yeah. So uh, and and to that, like uh, I guess uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the actual visibility of York Nine within the campus of York University, uh, do, do you know? Uh, have you noticed any sort of like uh, flags or banners? Uh, is the club allowed? to um, uh, put some of their, you know, merchandise uh, on campus? Yeah, I believe that uh, York University and York Town are actually business partners. Uh, so they do have some kind of partnership there where I've seen York Nine advertisements on our information boards that are, like, in, along the campus, like those TVs above walkways and stuff. Uh, York Nine had obviously completely branded out uh, York Lions Stadium, which is relatively central. Most people have to walk by that at some point during their day on campus. So you, you see York Nines logo at least once or twice per day, no matter where you are. Uh, so there was definitely, it was not an issue with branding. It was more of just, or, or awareness even, it was just about the product. Like it wasn't, that, that was not coming through enough. Yeah, so uh, the product itself, and you did mention that the in-game experience did lack. Uh, love to uh, hear your thoughts on uh, on that also. Uh, you know, as uh, now your uh, our age difference uh, between you and me are uh, quite uh, quite different. Uh, you're a second-year university student, and uh, when I was in university myself, soccer was on the rise, but not, not to the degree of this. Uh, you know, you think about the late 90s, North America was still coming off the incredible success and involvement of this game because of World Cup 94. And this was 10 years before Toronto FC even uh, took to the pitch as well. Uh, I guess the consensus is like I could just spit off a number of startup leagues and uh, new teams who tried and failed, especially in the uh, greater Toronto area. It seems that people, especially in this market in Toronto, only want to see top-level leagues, quote-unquote. Whether they could identify talent between one league or the other, that's a different story. But if they do have a big operating budget, uh, say a league like the NHL or the NBA or even Major League Soccer, then that's what fans are going to be attracted to. Um, In terms of uh, York 9 as well as Forge FC... Do you feel that there is uh, a disadvantage of uh, these two clubs, especially being in Southern Ontario? There definitely, it, there definitely is advantages and disadvantages for them being located in like, the Golden Horseshoe area. Um, I think it, it's much easier to list off the disadvantages. Like as you mentioned, it, it's hard for those startup teams to really gain footing and gain like a, a consistent fan base in a city with the most professional sports teams and the highest level of sport in the entire country. Uh, so even like when you think of TFC when they first started, uh, obviously people, like MLS has grown a lot in the last 12, 12 to 15 years anyways. So when, when Major League Soccer like first came to Toronto in 2007, it was seen relatively as amateur. Uh, whatever TFC did in terms of their marketing was like, they, I don't really think they focus on that product. They focus more on the experience and like getting people together, and also the fact that it was like a soccer team, uh, and like a, technically the highest level of soccer in the in the continent. It right, was going to be playing downtown in such a multicultural city with like lots of soccer heritage. 
everyone. There's, you can find like so many diversity of fans in soccer in the city. Uh, so what, what I noticed too is there was a lot of my fan, or a lot of my friends in high school and in university who won't even watch TFC, right? Because they they see it as a lower level, even though as like a Canadian Premier League team, you see it as a, or a fan, you see it as a higher level. So it, it makes it that much harder for teams like York Nine FC and like Forge FC in in Toronto and like the Toronto area uh, to be seen as like a competitive high level when people already look down on TFC if you're a pre-existing soccer fan. Uh, and you also mentioned in the report that the in-game experience is lacking as well. I uh, I went to uh, a York 9 game, and uh, I, I could definitely appreciate where you were going with this. Uh, uh, describe uh, what you meant by that, and uh, do you feel that uh, it's something that York 9 has identified as well uh, in terms of what they could improve on? Uh, yeah, definitely in-game experience is a crucial part of retaining fans and attracting fans and, like, where does not promotion uh, in, the, in the entertainment world, for sure. Um, what, what I meant by, like, the lack of in-game experience has to just kind of be... It was the involvement in the game. What I noticed was a lot of people there who obviously just, like, going for the first time, lost interest really quickly. Like, you saw a lot of teenagers and kids playing on their phone. They're just kind of quiet. You can't really, you can't really blame the team for that. It's more of just, it was like their first year, but there was more of an emphasis on like trying to develop a soccer team instead of trying to develop a brand and like the in-game experience, which in my opinion is just as important when you're uh, starting a new franchise, especially in such a competitive market. Um, like when you compare it to TFC, which is obviously the easiest like, like market or team in terms of comparison to York 9, uh, since they're like in the same city and it's the same sport. Uh, TFC, I remember like their first games immediately off the bat was talked about all over the Major League Soccer, all over the news that it was like electric fans. Uh, they kind of invented MLS 2.0, which is like the phrase used when TFC came into the league because the fans reinvented fan culture in the MLS. Uh, so it's hard to compete with that when you're your client. Uh So TFC has never had a lackluster fan experience, even in their worst years. But York Nine started off without that like hype surrounding it, and it was it's just harder for them to gain like those rowdy fans that TSC had in the early days. So it's harder to gain that word of mouth promotion when there's not really that driving factor there. And uh, it, you know, if you ask uh, people, especially my age, and uh, somebody who uh, does consider himself a really big sports fan. Uh, and now, uh, with uh, respect to soccer, but specifically with regards to the Big Four, when uh, Toronto, uh, the city of Toronto, was getting an MLS club, nobody really expected the uh, kind of support that Toronto FC did get. There were uh, teams uh, like uh, the Toronto Lynx, the Toronto Blizzard, and it really uh, it didn't even come close to what uh, Toronto FC. Um, went through uh from from day one maybe it was timing um you know maybe it was just after uh it was after you know certain levels of world cup and etc and uh yeah it's just been incredible ever since uh you also mentioned uh marketing operations uh lacked in the first year uh did you uh identify what york nine was doing to combat that problem uh, in a sense, 
there's, there's obviously a lot to criticize Eric Mine on when it comes to when you talk about marketing in their first year, but there's only, there's only so much they can do as a club. It's, it's really easy to just kind of pick on them for that, but like I know how the team operates. I know there's not many staff there, and I like I think they're smart people. I think they know what they're doing. There's only so much a small team can do in such a competitive market. Uh, obviously, they tried their best, but with like a limited budget and stuff, there was choices that I think they made that could have been different and could have ended up more effective. Because in my opinion, marketing goes beyond just the surface of like media and advertisements. It's really it's the strategic direction of the team that I think was a bit iffy in the first season. Uh, definitely with their new um, their new management consult managing consultant uh, Angus McNabb, he seems to like have a grasp on what he's doing. I I trust him. I trust what he's doing in terms of direction for the team. Uh, but yeah, I just don't think. They, they really, everyone just seemed kind of lost in their first season, and obviously marketing is what comes out to the public, so when when the team doesn't know what they're doing themselves, it gets reflected in their brand image, you know, so it's just hard for the team to grow when nobody really knows what's going on. Well, you mentioned uh, advertising, and for someone like myself who didn't grow up with uh, social media, not in high school, post-secondary, as a current uh, university student, uh, somebody who is... Uh, yeah, uh, you uh, mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, you are 19 years of age. Uh, how important is social media? I, I saw a couple of campaigns. Uh, um, Canadian P- Premier League fans were uh, doing social media posts with the microwave turntable plate. Uh, uh, you know, mimicking that as the North Star, Star North Star Shield. Excuse me. Really thought that was an ingenious idea. For somebody who is grown up with uh, social media, like how crucial is it? Uh, for a club, uh, for a club like York Nine, as well as a league like the Canadian Premier League, definitely. Yeah, like I've seen it firsthand. That's what we're being taught in school now. Uh, the world is obviously shifting in a more digital direction. Uh, the traditional advertisements that you see, that you would have seen, like even five, ten years ago, wouldn't work today. Uh, I can vividly remember there was this one TSC ad with Jim Brennan. Uh, and he was like, they were like heading a soccer ball all around the city as a BMO ad. And it was like a PSC ad that really stuck with me. I remember seeing that when I was like seven or eight years old. Uh, and I mean, it gave off the brand well, but uh, York 9 can't do the same thing because the, the like popularity of TV, radio, like that traditional media that you would have seen 10, 15 years ago just doesn't have the same effect anymore. Uh, social media is definitely like, a big way for teams to get themselves out there in terms of uh, advertisement and just general marketing. Uh, but since everyone's shifting in that direction, you got to think of a way to be different. And obviously in York Nine's first year, uh, their social media was like relatively forgettable. They didn't really do much in terms of that. But I've noticed, and I think most of the fans can attest to the fact that they really stepped up their social media game in 2020 and you have to give them the credit for that uh they're trying to become more active they're trying to like develop a brand personality on the internet which is really important because you see brands like uh, the best example i can think of is wendy's who are like really engaged with their customers on social media and it it becomes a talking point uh and the other day burger king did some kind of like ingenious marketing uh strategy where they sponsored stevenage in the league two of uh, the english football system 
and they got their logo on their jersey, and then they created a viral social media challenge uh, for people to post every time they scored a goal with Stevenage on FIFA 20. And then in that sense, they were able to get the Burger King logo on some of the best players in the world. So you've got people posting photos of Messi or Ronaldo wearing the Burger King logo. Right. So it's little little ideas like that drive a brand forward. Uh, so that's a good platform for Yorkman to work off of uh, in terms of social media. It's just creativity. Yeah, and I can only imagine what kind of plans that they did have uh, from that first season going into uh, 2020. Of course, everything uh, was completely overhauled because of the pandemic. And uh, the uh, uh, the league did uh, create a, an alternative, and that, of course, was the Island Games uh, uh, competition in Charlottetown, PEI. They had, uh, essentially, it was 35 matches, and they were able to crown uh, a, a new champion. Well, it was uh, Forge FC once again, uh, repeating from last year. How important, uh, in your opinion, was it uh, for this uh, Canadian Premier League to play this season? Uh, it's definitely important for many reasons. Uh, one, it's to keep the fans engaged, because after only one season, it's hard to like retain those, like, fringe fans, like there's the loyal fans, but there's obviously like the casual fans in soccer too. It's important to retain them and have something to talk about and post about uh, on social media and like have something for them to be actively engaged in. Uh, also financially, the league needs to, needed to generate some kind of revenue because obviously they were one of the leagues that, like if you, that was hit hardest by the pandemic since they only had one year of operations and who knows how profitable they were in their first year. Uh, and also, uh, it was good for them because they secured those like cool TV deals. They uh, got the game streamed in the U.S. Uh, and on CBC. So it was. It's good for like awareness of the league uh, in general too. So there was many benefits of doing it. I can't really think of any negatives of not playing the island game or, or negatives of playing the island games. My bad. Uh, <laughs> so they they kind of, in a sense. They had nothing to lose, and I think they did a great job. I mean, it does sound like, uh, from a front office perspective, if I could go back to that for a moment, that uh, that there was a little bit of uncertainty on how to uh, introduce this league to the community. It does sound like uh, you're confident that they are looking proactively and that uh, they are looking to improve their operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely last year there was definitely some kind of uncertainty within the team itself which had a, obviously a negative effect uh, how on how the team was portrayed to the general public uh, but yeah I know they definitely are looking uh, looking at uh, in a sense like repositioning the team kind of changing the strategic direction I'm confident that they at least I mean at least if you commit to an idea it'll achieve better results than what they had in, in uh, last season for example uh, but in my opinion, they also need to be careful, right? Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of risks uh, into, like, they could brand themselves as anything they want when it comes to, like, future seasons, but they need to, like, what, what something I mentioned in the report, too, is they need to commit to something that hasn't been done yet, because if they try too hard to become, like, PFC, it's never going to work because they don't have the financial willpower they don't have that. Like they're always going to be chasing TFC in that regard. So they need to kind of come. They, they can't copy TFC in that sense because it won't work again. 
So what they need to do is kind of come up with something creative, and that's just my opinion. Uh, but I don't know exactly how they're going to position the team going forward. Uh, I know they definitely are thinking about it, and we probably will see some stuff coming up in future years is what I've heard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that they at least have a direction now, which is better than they had last year. Now, really interesting to hear about uh, your uh, support of a, a supporter group within the club. Uh, really ingenious idea, calling this the Green Lions uh, support, uh, Supporters Group. And uh, how that uh, that come to be. And uh, it must be really cool to uh, be a part of uh, a supporter group, especially with a sport that you love so much. Uh, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, definitely... Uh, a no-brainer for me to try to get involved with the team when I became uh, when I became a, an active student at York University. Uh, so I kind of went to the team within my first week of classes, and I pitched them the idea of it wasn't a supporters group at first, but I was just kind of going. It was more of an initiative to, for me personally to go out and try to help the team in any way I could. Uh, so I went to them, and I was like, well, I'm a student. Uh, soccer fan is anything I can do to help you guys grow just on my own and then together we kind of came up with the idea to create uh, the Green Lions group uh, which obviously is a platform for students to become directly involved with the team uh, so we started off pretty small uh, like just giving away free tickets just to test the waters of it uh, and then we were we were scheduled to become a full-blown supporters group uh, this this April, unfortunately, the coronavirus kind of put everything to a halt for now. Uh, but it was great to see the demand and the interest in it, and we're actively uh, partnered with like soccer clubs at York University. Uh, so it's it's definitely growing at a good rate, and uh, it's cool to see the relationship between students and the team grow uh, through Green Lions. How open was the team in participating uh, with this report? So the team was uh, definitely uh, they're co- cooperative. Uh, when I pitched, I, I told them about the the report, uh, and I framed it as uh, we were just going to ask them a few questions, uh, and then we'd share them uh, our findings uh, as well. We'd also share it with fans uh, when we had to submit it in April. Uh, so we actually were able to talk to some of the people uh, within the club uh, and get some insight of how the operations ran and what their opinions were on the issues. And that was critical because you can't really find that information on the internet about Yorkman. Uh, so we're very grateful that they that they were able to talk to us and give us that insight because it was very critical in founding our report and like our opinions. Um, they invited us to uh, the kit launch, which was in February, I believe, February and March. Uh, and then we were able to talk to some of the players then. We were able to talk to the coaches which was definitely like valuable information too, because they're obviously big stakeholders in the club. Uh, and then it was interesting to see. Obviously, they can't have too much opinion on what I said uh, in my report because yeah, they're they're employees of the club. But uh, it was interesting to see the reaction from fans uh, of the team as well as around the league when we put the report on the internet. Uh, it's definitely it reached more people than I thought it would. I just thought it would be like something interesting to read at night if you had the time uh, or with your morning coffee. But it was uh, it was interesting to see uh, that York Nine fans like back their findings and they were interested to see how the club would respond. 
Uh, we don't know what the club really thinks of the report after it's done, and we don't know if if uh, how credible they think our opinions are or if they're going to implement anything. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if we had any influence or we were able to help at all, because that was really the end goal. Well, yeah, if you do a compare and contrast and uh, see that uh, some of the recommendations that you do put in that report uh, actually come to fruition, then you could uh, definitely appreciate the fact that the club had uh, taken uh, your views uh, to heart. Uh, one final question I do have for you, Zach, and uh, I'm for, I, for one, am not uh, near York Region. I, for one, am not near Hamilton, uh, the area, uh, the city of Hamilton. And there are times, I must legitimately say, I, for one, don't know who to cheer for. Yeah, sure, Forge FC has the big budget. They have the the championships. And York 9, they have the the uh, small uh, town club, uh, which is uh, kind of romantic. And also, I have apparel for both York 9 and Forge FC. If you were trying to uh, entice me to become an, a York 9 fan, how would you do it? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's definitely something uh, that that's what I think that's one of the main questions that the club was struggling to deal with when it came to their first season. But what I would say uh, is definitely that it's, it's unique. It's pure soccer. It's soccer in its purest form. Uh, it's sports in its purest form in in, uh, in Toronto, for that matter. You're really close to the action. You can hear what's going on in the field. It feels like you're directly involved in the game uh, when you're at a York 9 game because it's such an intimate atmosphere. So it's definitely very unique. You don't really get to replicate that experience anywhere else in the city. Uh, the fans are very pure in the finest form. You get people from all different backgrounds. It's basically what, the best way I'd be able to describe it is a microcosm of a TFC game. But you really get to see the, the working and the moving parts of a fan base and how a team works when you're at York 9 game. Uh, that, that's the best way I can put York 9. Yeah, and I, I, I do have to say uh, in all sincerity that uh, first division football in this country is definitely crucial. And you see the possibilities, especially in the men's program, uh, that, yeah, sure, we do have people like uh, uh, Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, and so on, but uh, to have a, a um, first division program uh, that could potentially elevate uh, uh, male soccer players even further can only improve uh, men's soccer in this country. Uh, and uh, the Canadian Premier League uh, definitely uh, has that uh, ability. Zach, I, I really uh, want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, this was a real treat. Uh, good luck to you, uh, not only uh, with uh, the Green Line supporters group, but with your uh, studies at York. Uh, I really hope you and your family are keeping safe. And I uh, want to thank you again uh, for your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I had fun talking today. And, uh, I wish you the best as well. Zach Diaz is a student at the Schulich School of Business at York University. We'll be back right after this. Hey, all hope you're enjoying the podcast. And before I sign off, I hope you continue to stay vigilant in combating the COVID-19 virus. 2020 has been a year we will never forget, and I hope you do your part in resisting the spread of this extraordinary disease. I for one don't know how severe it can be, but I also know that I don't want to experience it firsthand. Take care.
My thanks to Zach Diaz for joining me today, and I'm really looking forward to lifting a pint with him one day once this dreaded pandemic is over at York Lions Stadium. If you're in close proximity of not only the Canadian Premier League, but the Canadian Hockey League or any local club, I hope you do your part in supporting local teams and local business. A lot of industries sure can use a jolt of revenue when things get back to normal, and let's hope that's sooner rather than later. As always, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at What's Up Podcast. Thank you so much for the download. I'm Randy Kure, and we'll talk to you next time.